This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. There you go. This is uh, Father Richard Kunzlau with Cindy Jennings. We're coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth, Real Presence Live, and that phone sound is actually the sound for straight talk. This is your opportunity to have a direct impact on this morning's show. You just have to make a phone call or go on Facebook and submit a question. It can be a question about anything. It can be about what's going on in the world. It can be a theological question. The number is 877-795-0122 or via our Facebook page. That's 877 877- Seven nine five zero one two two. I always like listening. I always like observing to see when the phone calls come in, when the good questions come. All the questions are good, of course. But uh, this is your opportunity. If you've never had, uh, if you've never been bold enough to go up to your parish priest or to any priest at all and ask a question, this is your chance to do it and still remain anonymous. You can. You don't have to be on the air. You can leave your question when you make the phone call, and it will be asked for you. Again, the number is eight seven 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 nine five. 0122 or via our Facebook page. One thing I want to um, push a little bit, Cindy, before we get into any type of question that comes online, is that we have our uh, Theology Uncapped program coming up later this month. I think it's the 27th, if I remember correctly. I should have looked at my calendar. Uh, But that's when I have my discussion with a Lutheran pastor, and this uh, month it's going to be on salvation. We've had a, 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 I think this is our fourth year doing this, and we always sell out. It's a, it's a huge hit. It's very, very popular in the Duluth area. And it's going to be on the 27th, Thursday, the 27th of January. It's going to be at St. Benedict's Catholic Church. All you have to do is go to Theology Uncapped. Uh, just just uh, Google that. You'll find it, and you can register on our website. So we have, um, uh, it's about half full right now, and I think that the other half will be uh, filled probably by the end of next week. That's my hope, Peniel. It always fills up, though, and it's, there's a it great does. meal. Yeah. There's always a great meal that's involved and a great discussion between me and the, uh, and uh, uh, in this case, a Lutheran pastor. I know, it's so fun to watch you. They are fun. They are, you're I mean, you're good fun. at debating. and you're, I, I like to I, debate. My, my inner politician gets inside of me, and so, but we, we try and keep it, we don't, we, I mean, it is a debate to a degree, but we tr- we're very civil, obviously, and lots of humor and lots of fun and entertainment that goes with it. So anyhow, Theology Uncapped, check it out if you're in the Duluth area or even in the Twin Cities or anywhere you can drive, it's worth the drive. But in the meantime, 877-795-0122. 877-795-0122. Cindy, do you have a question while we're waiting? Do I have a question? I don't. I guess not. Oh. I should have told, I should have told I you to come up with your question. I questions. should come up with a question every single I time. I bet you anything that by the time we're done with this segment, that one of us will get a text from Probably. somebody asking a question. Probably. You know, there's seems some, to happen all the there's time. There's some moms out there that are hanging out together right now. You know, they could probably do you, just... Do you think they're actually listening to us? No, exactly. probably not. Exactly. They're listening to each other. Exactly. And then they're probably talking <laughs> but a But you know what? I don't have a question. You know why I don't have a question? Because... You have all the answers? No, of course not. But I do know that we've been slammed during this segment. And so... By who? By people, we were we from beginning to end last time. So I feel like we were you know, slammed. What do you mean? We we had questions every. Oh yeah, that's great. Every time, so you know, I didn't need to come up with one. But also, they can call in now. Don't yes. wait because everybody's going to be pushing in here to get their question. Well, eventually, asked. it just is a slow start. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. That's eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Cindy, do you have a New Year's resolution? 
Um, you know, mine are usually just pray more, meditate more. Really? Do you fail on that one? Um, sometimes, yes. But somebody told me, try to hook things onto something that's already a habit. Okay. And that's really helped me, actually. So instead of just trying to throw it in my day somewhere, I have to hook it onto something that I do every day at the same time. Oh. And that's what I do. You're pretty successful normally? It's more successful than normal, but I wouldn't say no. I mean, I'm still, I could still do better, of course. I don't do, like I told the bishop, I don't do New Year's resolutions. I do Lenten resolutions. Mine used to be weight and da 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 da, but now. I got that under control, so exactly. i got to move on to something yeah. else. <laughs> I am not going to touch that. You call 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122, or you can do it on our Facebook page. You can submit your name, or you can be anonymous. You can do whatever you want. And so uh, I like controversial questions, and so if you want to do something <laughs> political, if you want to do something uh, theological, you name it, I am all for it, because okay. I've got an opinion, and you have a right to it. And so... Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two, and not only opinion, but we've got the facts as Catholic Church. That's right. I kind of want to get you going, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait. Well, we do have a, we do have a question in the <laughs> hopper, but we have very strict, uh, very strict rules that we cannot even uh, we cannot even entertain talking about that question until it turns green on our screen. But in the meantime, we haven't had a caller yet, and so you just call eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two, or you can do it on Facebook if you don't want to actually make the phone call. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. One thing I'm happy about this time of the year, Cindy, is that the days are getting longer. Oh, oh look at too. it turn green. It. So much for the day getting longer one. Okay, so this is a uh, listener's question, not on the phone. This is an anonymous person from Fargo. So we narrowed it down to a person from Fargo, but we don't know who it is. In Mass, before the Curie and after the Penitential Act, why do some people make the sign of the cross and some don't? Is that something we should be doing? No, that's a uh, good that's, question. That is a good question. That's you know, growing up, I remember that was it seemed like uh, it seemed like you know ninety percent of the church did the sign of the cross after the uh, you know with the with the um, uh, the words after the penitential rite. Now that's gone way down. There's not nearly as many people that do it. But and and and, and uh, to the anonymous questioner. I don't know if that was part of the like the Tridentine, right? I just I, that's an answer. I don't know if I can give, but to make the sign of the cross is is not a bad thing at that moment because what you're doing is you're getting absolved from venial sins. So after the penitential rite, then the priest prays the prayer of absolution, and so it's natural to make the sign of the cross at the absolution. Is it wrong not to do it? No, but it's not a bad idea to do it because then you're intentional about getting that um, uh, about that um, uh, resolve of sin, if that makes any sense. Good to know. I wasn't doing yeah. that. All right, so uh, I think I answered that one. The next one is an, another anonymous one from Duluth. Anonymous from Duluth, you should get to know anonymous from Fargo. All right, here's the question. <laughs> is it better to be baptized outside of the Catholic faith than to not be baptized at all? I would say yes. I would say absolutely. You want to get baptized. There's one baptism. And so we recognize the baptism as long as it's done the proper manner. The Tridentine, uh, um, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As long as you do it in the Trinitar- uh, Trinitarian formula, the baptism is valid. And so uh, we would definitely encourage baptism. As uh, It's better to be baptized outside of the church than not being baptized at all. So, yes, that is So a- does it go the same way? If, you know, getting baptized for the... First time versus in another. 
There's only, you can only get baptized once. Okay, so if you're in another church and then you come here, you're just you, getting you confirmed? Get, not just. It's a sacrament. It's a great oh, sacrament, sorry. Cindy. I'm so but, sorry. But it's but not baptism. Getting... You don't get rebaptized. Okay, so you come in as in right. confirmation. Yes, in confirmation. Okay. That's the normal route. Okay. All right. Good so, okay, next question is, uh, is Bruce on the phone? I don't think he is. Oh, okay. Have you ever been, so Bruce from Duluth, have you ever been to the Vatican archives? And if you have, what was impressed, what impressed Ooh. you the most? You know what, Bruce? I have not been to the Vatican archives. I've been to areas of the Vatican that are not normally open. I've not been to the archives or the Vatican library. And so I've never even really made serious attempts to do that. So uh, I, I got a lot of books about it. So that's about all I can say. I so think I can't. You try. I can't say. I can't say that there was anything that impressed me because I was never there to be impressed. Thanks, Bruce. All right, we have somebody on the phone. It's another anonymous person from North Dakota. Oh, it's, okay. So I was told. So I'm getting conflicting information, Cindy. So I'm told that I can ask when it's green, but when it turns green, they say we're not ready yet. So. Oh, now they're on. anonymous is on the line. Okay, anonymous from North Dakota. Welcome. You are the first Hello. live caller. What's your question? Good morning. Good morning. Well, I was curious, uh, more of an opinion question. Uh, we have decades of information, uh, stats of, of people leaving the church or leaving faith altogether, going with societal ways, um, deciding they don't need God, they don't need, uh, they don't need baptism, they don't need any of that stuff. Why, in your opinion, is that happening, or has that happened? And how can we uh, correct that change and turn the ship around? Yeah, thanks a lot. That's a good question. It's not unique to our period of time. You're right. It, it does. It ebbs and flows. You know, where they what do they call them now? The nuns, the the people that have no religion, that don't uh, uh, relate or identify with any particular religion. That's fairly high these days, uh, and so we're definitely in that trend. And uh, I think there's a natural flow that it'll eventually come back. Sometimes you'll have something like 9/11. I remember I was a priest during 9/11 way back then, and and uh, there was definitely an upsurge of a tick of faith. Uh, shortly after that, and I think that that was um, uh, that didn't last long. However, depending on the culture that people live in, like Poland, you know, during uh, well, all the eastern or uh, east the eastern bloc countries from the whole communist area, they were super faithful. So it's like if there's really big problems that are happening and facing a a society, they tend to turn to God more. And so we see that even in Africa, you know, there's a the the poverty where people really turn to to God, and it seems like. You know, as we even see in the book of uh, Revelation, you know, the it was the, the church in the beginning of the book of Revelation, there's these letters to different communities, different churches, and, and the church um, uh, uh, that uh, was sent was the church of Laodicea, where they lost their faith because of their wealth. And so we see even in the early church, there was people that, you know, when, when things are going really, really well, people tend to go away from the faith. And so I think it's just cyclical. You know, if, if we are faced with a very big problem in a country, in our society, in our culture, I think that you're going to see more people drawn to faith. But the trick is, of course, is not to get close to God only during difficult times, right? The trick is we want to be close to God even in, in the good times. And so I just think it's cyclic, uh, a cyclical thing, and I think it comes and goes. I don't know if that answers your question. Well, it does somewhat. I mean, uh, you know, the coronavirus is alive and well, and, and it's kind of a time of, of, well, trials, I guess. A lot of uh, maybe family, friends uh, are affected by uh, a lot of this. And instead of getting closer, it seems like we have less attendance yeah. uh, at masses, and we have less young people at masses. And 
you know, I don't know why. Yeah, but, I, can, uh, yeah. I, I guess uh, as as lay people, I don't know exactly what we can do besides maybe doing a lot of praying or maybe being welcome and inviting, but we can't certainly uh, pay people to go. Yeah, so so there, so know? here's so from my perspective in your question, which is a great question, from my perspective as pastor, I look out and I see my church. I see a lot of people. I say, let me say, I don't see a lot of people. There's a lot of people that were coming to Master on a regular basis that I have not seen since COVID, which I think is a crock, you know, because like they're going everywhere else. You know, they're going to the grocery store, you know, they're going all over the place. And there are some of these people mm-hmm. that I haven't seen back that I thought, I thought were really strong, faithful people, you know. But let me also, let me just throw out the idea that I don't think COVID is really that big of a problem. You know, I think that in the beginning days, we were all scared. We didn't know what it was. But this is not the Black Death. This is not the Spanish flu. All right, The people that are dying is not nearly the numbers the way some of the media, might I say liberal media, is trying to beat up the drum of fear. We are not going through the type of uh, pandemic that they have in ages past. If we were going through the Black Death, if we were going through the Spanish flu, I'd be willing to bet that we'd be in a different place on the faith journey of things. There might be people that would still be afraid of organized you know, liturgies with crowds or something like that. But the fact is, is that people will be drawn to faith in trials. And I'm sorry, I think COVID is pretty much a cakewalk compared to a lot of the things that human culture has endured in the past. And so, yes, I, I agree with you. I think that COVID has actually drawn some people away from the church. But that's because, in a large part, COVID isn't as difficult. It is not as scary as what people are saying. Are people dying? Yes. I don't want to undercut it. But I think that there's a lot of theater that is involved with COVID. And so in, until we experience a real serious issue, a real serious pandemic where, you know, like, what was it? The Spanish flu? It's like, what was it? Like a, a quarter of Europe was gone. You know, I mean, I mean, that, that's, when, that's when we're really going to be facing issues, I think. I don't, but, and but I agree gr- with that. I guess the COVID isn't exactly the scariest thing out there uh, either. You know? Right, right. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for your call. I appreciate it. It's a it's a good thought provoking call. And those people that are that haven't been to church since COVID, if you happen to be listening in, get your butts back in the pew. All right. Okay. Thank you very much, anonymous thank caller. You. All right. So we have another listener uh, question, not on the phone. They said we had a caller ask if theology uncapped on theology uncapped will be over Zoom or in person. It will be in person. So uh, it will be in person. I am uh, uh, kind of it dovetails right off of the last question. I would say it's like uh, I'm not at, in the least bit afraid of going and doing theology um, uh, uncapped in person. So yes, and I don't think we're going to be live streaming it either. So it'll be uh, an in-person event. And again, go to theology uncapped. I don't know if it's org or com. I can't. You'll find it. It's Google. I've done done this before. Just Google theology uncapped. You're going to find it. Theology uncapped Duluth. Just do that. You'll find it. And then you can just sign up right through the website. There are, um, uh, we still have openings for it, but uh, I don't think that we're going to have openings for very much longer because we're really going to push it this coming weekend. So you're a really good communicator. Have you reached out to people that you feel are, that you thought would come back into the church that haven't? Have you ever called anybody? Um, I haven't called them, but I have run into them and I've talked to them. Okay. You know, I mean, it happens in my own family, you know, and so it's like I talk to people in my own family about things, but... You know, there's an unreasonableness that people are, and this does not fall on a party line. I mean, there are some people that are unreasonably scared about this, and it's like, come on, you know, pull up your big boy pants. You know, it's like, might you get sick? Yes, I'm sure. I mean, I got I got beat down with COVID, uh, you know, a little over a year ago. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, take care of yourself, do what you need to do as far as, we know how to, 
we're not back in the beginning stages. We know how to take care of this thing, okay? Right. And don't don't be scared with f- uh, fear to unpractice your faith. I've said from the beginning, one of the biggest tragedies of COVID, it's made a lot of Catholics become non-practicing Catholics. It's crazy. It's crazy. Oh. All right, we have another question. All right, and I don't think they're on the phone, so I'll just read it. Since clerical celibacy only became a thing in 1139, do you... Uh, think the church will ever change their stance on married priests? Okay, uh, it's a good question, but I'll correct the question a little bit. So the um, uh, ever since the, um, uh, I think it was actually a very early council, shortly after the council on Nicaea, I believe that there was a, a big push that priests would be celibate. And so we know from the earliest centuries, a few centuries in, celibacy was a thing that was really being pushed. Uh, it did not become, it, it was Pope Gregory VII, and I think your dates are pretty close to Gregory the Seventh. Uh, I think he was a little bit before that, though, 1139. He's the one that really pushed uh, celibacy as a rule. But even then, it wasn't enforced until at the Council of Trent. The Council of Trent back in the 16th century really pushed celibacy. And so the question, will it ever be changed to where we have married priests? Well, it kind of changes on a case-by-case situation right now. We have, If you were to go to England, Great Britain... Uh, there's a lot of married priests over there, probably more than any other place on the planet because of the Church of England, because of the Anglican Church. Uh, a lot of people in the Anglican Church, when the church started, the Anglican Church started to get more liberal about gay marriages and even women's ordination, a lot of their ministers, a lot of their priests be, decide to become Catholic. And on a case-by-case situation through their bishop and through the Holy See, uh, many of them became Catholic priests and are married men. But they were married beforehand, and they were Anglican priests beforehand. Uh, as far as um, uh, like just uh, doing like regular guys getting married, I don't think that's going to be happening anytime soon. But for people that convert that are ministers in other religions, that does happen. Uh, but I don't think. But it, but you're right. It is something that can be changed. It's not a rule of God. It's a that uh, it's a rule of the church, a discipline of its ministers. And so, could it change? It's possible. Will it change in my lifetime? I think not. All right, good questions. All right, we have Phil. On, I like these questions. These questions are coming great. So Phil on Facebook says, or asks, we just finished the year of St. Joseph. Who is this year dedicated to? Thank you, Phil, for the question. It doesn't always happen that way to where uh, every year is dedicated to a particular uh, individual or a particular devotion. Usually it's to a particular devotion. And so I, I mean, I, I don't have my ear to the ground on this one, Phil, but uh, as far as I know, I don't know of any year that's planned right now that's dedicated to any th- devotion in particular, and so no, I think it's not just a, doing the let's listen. Isn't that kind of the? That's a little bit different thing. That's more of a process that's happening throughout the church. But uh, uh, to have like like the year of Saint Paul, the year of the Eucharist, things like that. And so, um, uh, Phil, I don't know if there is one, but uh, if there is one, you're going to hear about it because it'll be in in every type of Catholic outlet that there is about. And it's a, it's it's a decision of the Pope, right? I mean, the Pope feels like a. Um, uh, the Spirit's moving him to dedicate a particular year to a particular devotion, he'll do it. So, but a, a good question. Yeah, we got some good questions coming on. We still have about, uh, looks like we have about eight or nine minutes if you want to submit a question before uh, before we go on to our next topic. I like these questions. The more controversial, the better. That's my that's just my take, because I like to tell people what I think is true. Yeah, you, you answered those very well. Not Thanks. that I didn't think you would, but like, uh-huh. I like it because it just... Oh, Cindy, thank you. That's so just nice. Just put it in a way that sounds... It makes amazing. me feel all warm inside that you'd say that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, I mean, so obviously we all have strong opinions about COVID, so it's very easy to, to come up with a, a statement of thoughts in regards to what we're doing, what the world... Uh, I think the world has gone mad, I think. I think that uh, 
And so I can spout about this for a long time. So uh, I can continue talking about that unless somebody wants to ask a question. But I'll th- I think we'll look back. We will look back maybe like maybe 10, 15, 20 years down the line, and we'll look back and we'll say the greatest overall human mistake made in history was how we handled COVID. I think we're going to look back and say, boy, were we idiots. Because yeah. it's like how we're handling it now and how crazy the world's going. <laughs> and it's and it's we see it in the hypocrisy of a lot of these political leaders, right? I mean, these the, the rules for thee but not for me type of crowd. You know, I mean, <laughs> they're making these rules, these crazy rules and then not abiding by it themselves because they it's it's, they're dumb for the most part they're not all dumb but a lot of them are and so how we as a culture are dealing with covid is just nuts 877-795-0122 i forgot to keep saying this number but we had a lot of questions so 877-795-0122 or via our facebook page we've had a few from facebook you can call and put your voice on the line or you can just submit the question and they'll type it for us that's 877-795-0122. Cindy, what are your thoughts? My thoughts are I'm just kind of done with all of it, but it has taken me, COVID has taken me into a deeper part of my faith mm-hmm. that I'm grateful for. And Yeah, and you should be grateful for it because a lot of people, as we were saying, it's taken their faith out. Yeah, Especially when we're talking about the sacramental aspect of their faith. There's a lot of people who've entered into COVID and had their sacramental faith cease there's a yes. ton of them out there. there's a ton of them and that's what's so frustrating for me so thank god that covid has actually moved you and your faith to go deeper yes and in fact it's separated me more from the world which right. is good because i don't think i would have done that on yeah. my own so it's nice to feel like i you know i don't enjoy this anymore this worldly thing right. i'm doing right. here right. Exactly. or here like i don't even enjoy curling anymore yeah i mean i love curling but just lately i just Again, it's separating, and it's we have, uh, you know yeah. I'm okay with death. I'm okay with you know I just well, we would have to rather be prepared for death. Of course, we yes. have to make sure we're prepared. But here's one thing that happened. No, I, I can't remember what the diocese. It was a big diocese. It was a cardinal up in Canada. Some cardinal stopped all public masses throughout the Christmas season. No, nothing mm. on Christmas, and it went all the. And they're still in it, I think, and through early oh. January. To me, that's asinine. It's asinine yeah. because what would the early church have done? Would the, would, the, would the popes or the bishops in the early church say, don't go to the sacraments because you might get arrested and killed? Don't. It's really dangerous if you go to Mass, you might be arrested. Don't go to it. Don't practice your faith. It's insane. It's insane. And I have no power, I have no problem speaking truth to power. Even a cardinal that's saying, we're going to cut down all public Masses, it's ridiculous. We need the sacraments. We need our faith to keep going through the crazy times that we're in. And so for any bishop, for any cart, for anybody to say, well, we're not going to have any public liturgies, no mass, no Christmas mass. We tried that in the early stages, and I apologize to my parishioners for my doing that. But we didn't know. But now we know. We know how to take care of it, okay? But anyhow, okay, so. Yeah, it, 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 it reminds me of, uh, have you seen The Matrix? No. You haven't? Sorry. Oh, there's a truth pill. And then a truth pill? Oh, okay. You can okay. take one of two right. pills, the truth or not knowing the truth. Yeah. And that's what I feel. I feel like... I know the truth. My blinders are off, but there's so many who have the blinders on and I have to like 
try to feel sorry for them and pray for them because I just don't understand how it's nobody nuts. can see. And, and it's a lot of our leaders in the on. church. It's a lot of leaders yes. in the church. Which and is, it's shocking. Oh. Okay. Anyhow, so I, we got another question here. And so okay. uh, uh, it's not a question. Well, I guess it is a uh, listener's question. Has the people artifacts display event been rescheduled yet? Hmm. I thought it was. Uh, it was rescheduled. And so uh, that uh, listener, whoever called in, is referring to the Vatican returns to Duluth, which is near and dear to my heart. We're gonna have we're gonna have some guests about that coming up in the coming months. And so yes, it has been uh, rescheduled for August nineteenth, twentieth, and twenty first in Duluth at the deck in Duluth. We are still working on a lot of details with that, but it's going to be a pretty major event. And uh, once it gets more public, you'll hear it about it all over the place. It is you'll have an opportunity to see the largest collection of papal artifacts outside of the Vatican, and they will be right here in Duluth, Minnesota. And you'll hear a lot more about that if you're a faithful listener. So it's the Vatican returns to Duluth in the middle of August of this coming year. And so, um, uh, yeah, we have a, we have another question on Facebook. Do you, want, do you want to read that? Do you want me to read it? Why don't I? Okay, they need it. to so, change the green. Okay, so this is Erica on Facebook has a question. I have a question about uh, invincible ignorance. Okay, I'm not so sure with that. But okay, I believe that the church is the truth. And just because other religions don't believe some things doesn't mean that they don't shouldn't follow our ways. If you can tell people things that they that they just say, well, our religion doesn't do it that way. Does it make it invincible, or is there some stain from that? Thank you. I'm not exactly sure where your question is going, Erica. But uh, um, uh, you know, I mean, we would say, I mean, if I understand your question correctly, and this is what the Second Vatican Council speaks about, where we have the fullness of revealed truth in Catholicism, and so uh, because we have the fullness of revealed truth in Catholicism doesn't mean that others don't have truth. It's just that the Catholic Church has the fullness of revealed truth. Invincible ignorance is not a term I'm familiar with, and so, uh, Erica, if you want to like, give me a call at St. James Catholic Church uh, in Duluth, you can give me a call and we can talk more about that where I can entertain your question a little bit better in understanding your question, but uh, you know, I mean, truth is not subjective, maybe, is where you're going with it. And so just because your religion says this doesn't mean is it, it true? Is it true? So all truth is objective. It's not a matter of opinion. And so if somebody says, well, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to do this because it's what I believe, maybe if, if that's where you're going, that's never justified. Uh, two plus two, two is objectively always four. You don't have an opinion on that. And so, same too with the truths of God. If the truth of something so simple of two plus two is four is objective, then the important truths of God and creation are objective as well. And God gave us the Catholic Church to help us understand and reveal uh, his objective truth to us. Erica, I think that's what you're asking. I could be totally wrong, though. You're on fire, though. Well, well, I'm on fire, but asking, maybe answering a question she didn't even ask. I don't I know. know. I like it. Well, anyway, we have had a ton of good questions. It was, it was a, um, a very good uh, straight talk segment that we had. And so uh, we will have a continuation of a great show uh, shortly after this break. Stay with us. 